I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Welcome back. It's Oops the Podcast. I'm Francis. He's Julio Gallarotti. G, how are you, my friend? Yeah, baby, we're back. We're settling into the space, man. I'm feeling good today. Excellent. I feel chipper and ready to rip her. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Rip her to pieces. <laughs> rip her okay. apart like a loaf of challah. <laughs> challah. I'm just going to let you keep going, dude. Hell yeah. Uh, lots <laughs> to talk about today. I have so much, and I am ready to roll up my sleeves, which I'm not wearing, and dive in. With you, my friend. How? Uh, anything to report from your end, really quick, dude? I mean, it sounds like you're ready to fucking yeah. chipper and ready to ripper. So. I ask you that before I dominate the conversation for the next forty five minutes. <laughs> um, here's something that I want to tell you about. Please. So, my parents were coming to visit uh, right around the last time we recorded that night last week, right? Yeah. So they'd never been here to our new apartment, which we've been praising and you know singing the high songs for. Uh, my parents arrived probably around 6 p.m. Now, I've never lived in a doorman building in my life. And it's always seemed very luxurious to me. And I've, I've had an interesting time adjusting to it because we have doormen now and they're so nice yeah, and they're so kind and helpful. But I don't know how to really interact with them. <laughs> well, like... Here's an example. Okay. Every time I leave the apartment, I feel the need to tell them where I'm going. <laughs> I'll be back, man. That's Just what I do. To, going to fucking foragers. I let them know I'll be back soon as if they're my parents. <laughs> you know, or I tell them where I'm going and I'm like, ah, don't worry. Don't don't wait up. You I'll know? be back by curfew. That's exactly. It's as if I'm assuring them I'll be home before curfew. <laughs> That's great. And I can't stop myself from doing it because for me, I feel if that if I just walk by them and I'm like, good to see you later, I'm being rude. Right. And I want them in on my life a little bit more to make it f- clear that I don't, you know. That's great. That I, mean, I dude, appreciate what they do. You don't need to do anything more than just acknowledge that they're there to be polite. But that's be like, so, hey, ma'am, it's so weird to me. It's so weird to me. I don't know why. Dude, it's funny that every guy, like every guy who's a doorman and who works at like a deli or a grocery store, like... You say, all right, man, see you later. And they always go, all right. Yeah. I don't understand how yeah. all right became. So if you want to be really cool, you just go, all right. Yeah. And then they say, all right, back. This is this is good. This is true. <laughs> and and when I think one thing I've noticed, too, is that all the doormen have their own. I don't want to call them catchphrases, but they're almost like <laughs> sign offs. Yeah. You know, one small of, talk catchphrases. They, they have their and they do it the same way every time. So my favorite door, I don't want to say my favorite in case they listen, but <laughs> one of our doormen that I really like, uh, his name's Tommy. And every night when when I say goodnight to him, he goes, have a good night. But <laughs> it, it's not corny in like a Mr. Rogers kind of way. It's just his thing. Dude, that sounds funny. Like every night when you say goodnight to him, you're like calling down. You're like, yeah. Goodnight, Tommy. Sometimes I'll go down there to say goodnight to him, even if I don't, you know, (laughs) in your pajamas. But we walk the dog a lot. Yeah. At at night, one last time. And and then we see him and I'm like, all right, goodnight, Tommy. And he's like, have a good night. (laughs) He's the same cadence every time. All of this is to say that after two weeks of living in our new apartment, I had gotten to know the doorman on a decent level. 
And there was one doorman, I won't say his name, but, you know, seemed totally nice. Didn't didn't know, I would say I probably didn't know him as quite as well as I knew the others yet. My parents arrive. They had driven from Maine to our apartment. And then their intention was to spend the night here and then wake up early tomorrow, the next morning, and drive the rest of the, of the way to Florida. Actually, two, across two more days. It's like a 26-hour drive. It's a serious drive, yeah. Yeah, but they go for like two and a half months, and they bring the dogs, and so it's really the only way to do it. Right, makes sense. So they stop at our place. They've got the car out front. They're unloading you know, the dog's beds and the dog food and all this shit. The doorman comes to the door to hold the door open for him, for them. My parents walk in with their hands full, say hi to the doorman, introduce themselves. Right behind them, five NYPD officers walk in <laughs> and they start reading the doorman his Miranda rights. What? Whoa. What? What? They arrested the doorman. What? What? In front of your parents? Swear to God. Oh my God. Swear to God. Oh my God. What the fuck? So so they 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 <laughs> arrest him. And he, he by the way, how sad is it that you held the door for the people who <laughs> are arresting you? That is hilarious. So my oh parents my were there in the lobby and they were like, they didn't know what to do. And by the way. Have you ever watched someone read the Miranda rights? I mean, unfortunately, they've been read to me before. So, yes. Oh. <laughs> One, only once. But, yeah, it's it's a surreal experience. It's surreal. It's surreal. Because you've heard it so many times. On TV and shit. On yeah. Law and & Order and in movies. Totally. And then to hear it in real life, you're like, oh, my God, I know that myself. It's crazy. I know it myself. Were your parents excited by this? Like, they were a little sort of you know confused and they were like what the hell is going on here they're like you should get a fucking rent a month's free rent i know it's a criminal looking over your shit but get so he, here's what had happened so by the way do you want to guess what happened like what he did yeah i'll ha i'll tell you this it had something to do with the building okay that's what i was gonna say with his job um was he stealing packages you're on the right track it's a good guess um, Think about what, like, what would doormen have access to in terms of like that that, that they might steal. Chris, yeah, I just, I just remembered now that you said this. When I came in to come up and set up for the podcast, I saw five police officers in the building, so they had yeah. been there, and then they came back. Yeah, yeah. he might not have been he here yet. yet when when and they were coming looking. Yeah. Um. Okay. Maybe like their fresh direct orders. He was like taking bananas. No. You, you, <laughs> I mean, what a. I love bananas as much as the next door man. You know, but nature's perfect fruit. You don't even yeah. got to rinse it. You just fucking take it, really, peel it underneath the God, God's power bar. It really is. <laughs> it's really a fantastic snack. I'm um, so curious. What do you do? So okay, you know at Christmas. People bring envelopes of cash for the doorman. Yes. And apparently last year, someone had brought uh, uh, one envelope and they all sh split them up. They, sh they share it, right? But they gave it to this guy with the intention that it would be spread across the, uh, you know, the four doormen. And he just, on there's a camera, and he just took the cash out, ripped up the envelope, threw it away, and kept all the cash for himself. But they caught him doing that and they were like, all right. This is your last chance. If you do this again, oh well, okay. Trouble. So that, that was last Christmas. Okay. This Christmas, apparently, 
someone gave checks to all the doormen, right? Oh Individual checks. And then on his check, he turned the one into a four, added a zero, and deposited himself a $4,000 check wow. from a tenant in the building. Wow. Wow. Which is so stupid <laughs> that it's so like dumb. almost smart. I, I don't I don't. Dude, that's really dumb. That's it like, is really dumb. Catch and me if the, you can, but like the complete opposite. Well, in the place that you, you <laughs> the thing is, you can do that. You just can't come to work anymore. <laughs> that needs to be the money that finances your flight to Puerto Rico, Damn, where dude. you will live for a long time. That's like fraud. Is that it's like fraud, is yeah. that a felony? Check fraud. Yeah. Jesus. I think dude. It, I think it's a I think it's felony. Yeah. Tommy for sure. got greedy, man. He thought he'd gotten away with it. Yeah. You know, a few weeks ago gone by. So that happened. Fuck. And uh I thought it was it was a wild thing. That's crazy, thing, bro. Um that my parents witnessed the what second the they walked into our new, you know, wonderful building. Dude, my new door shit with your doorman is I go up to him and I'm like, "Hey, can you say uh I'm I'm here for, you know, your apartment." And then I say, "It's Julio." And the guy goes, "Julian?" And then I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it's Julian." <laughs> So now I'm just Julian, dude. <laughs> I just come and I today I said it. I was like, I'm J- Julian here for. <laughs> <laughs> you, you bent the knee because, dude, it's just it, it's not worth the accumulation of 30 seconds of my life every single time that right, happens right. for per- in perpetuity. <laughs> Fuck it, you know, like I you're brutal. I have my other friend Abba, you know very well, mm-hmm. and Abba one night, just one night came over with his Xbox. It was before we had uh, set up our TV, so we were having trouble. We wanted to watch something. So he brought his Xbox over so we could, like, you know, stream a movie or something with him. And the doorman... And then he left later with his Xbox. Mm. And now the doorman that he sees just calls him Xbox. (laughs) And they have, like, a handshake, and they (laughs) talk about Xbox a lot. That's his name going forth. That is great, dude. That's funny. ABBA actually sounds like a gaming system. It does. You know, so yeah. like ABBA, Xbox, I'm like, that's tight, bro. <laughs> Unbelievable. So that was the first thing that I wanted to tell you about. Awesome. Um, boy, the Miranda rights, dude. That's Nobody, great. Nobody's ever read them to me, but I do think that that would be, that would be an interesting moment where... Like I know, you know, your your handcuffs are getting put on, right? Yeah. Or pr- maybe they're on. So you're you're already aware you're in deep trouble, and then to hear this very, you know, kind of I, I, I don't know what you'd call it. Like just this such it's so well known. It's literally like you may kiss the bride. Yeah, this incantation that yeah. has become so you know, <laughs> tattooed in our brains. It's crazy, dude. To hear it in real life. Would be a, a moment, I think, for me where I'd be like, oh, you got that right. You know, like I would judge <laughs> right, right. You, their thing. Totally. You immediately compare it. I remember thinking that it was slightly different than what I was used to hearing in movies. Well, and we being never surprised. hear it past the first phrase. Right. You have the right to remain silent. You know, anything you, you say right can an or will be used against you in a court of law. Totally. You have a right to an attorney. Right. That's kind that's of as it. far yeah, as I know. That's where I check out. But there's it. more, isn't there? I'm assuming there must be. Yeah. I don't remember. Okay. But dude, so uh, I got a couple things too. So I Please. remember like probably a year ago, maybe, or even less, I was bragging about how, you know, anytime I'm wronged by a company, I'm pretty good at clearing up the dispute. Mm. And, you know, getting around, they're not getting around things, but like, you know, taking my best shot at like not getting taken advantage of in situations. Yeah. But your boy has met his match, dude. Uh oh. 
Okay, so remember how I got that ticket in Texas? Yes. Yeah. So on my road trip, I got a ticket in Texas. I paid an, uh, some like online attorney ninety five bucks to like deal with it. He's like, I think we can get this thrown out. The ticket was like four hundred bucks. It's finally settled as of January. This is literally seven months later after like going back and forth, like wasting time dealing with this. And then the guy's like, oh, so I was able to like make it so there's no points on your license. I'm like, great. Like I don't have a car, but okay, cool. And he's like, and they deduce they like the violation. So now you only owe three hundred and thirty three dollars. I was like, are you serious? And he's like, make sure you send a money order and make sure like did all these instructions. I was like, fuck. So I called the court in Texas and they're like, you can just pay online, dude. But like, dude, it sucked. I was so mad that I, I went into that phone call to the court being thinking and I would never do this because it's fucked up. But like fantasizing about just being like. Hey, can I like overpay because like clearly your fucking shitty ass town needs money? Oh, <laughs> I have, dude, I would never say that. You're gonna care in a court. <laughs> I did not say that. And the woman, the clerk was so nice mm. that I, you know, I was just like, thank you so much. You've been so helpful. Isn't that amazing? I bitched about it in my head, but it is, as it said in Harry Potter, your actions are what define you, not the shitty stuff you think in your head. Interesting. That's a Harry Potter that's thing? Some, I just paraphrased, but that, that's where I got it from Harry Potter. But I thought like a piece of shit acted like a noble guy. <laughs> I need to say that because my girlfriend, I said that to her. I said it out loud to her and she goes, that's the most unattractive thing you've ever said. Wow. <laughs> I was like, fuck, that hurts. Okay. I'm sorry. I'll just pay it. This fucking blows. Yeah. Damn. Um, but dude, another, here, there's another one too, though. Mm. Uh, and I have to ask you, actually, this is a good topic, I think. Great. So I went to Alaska, obviously, in whatever it was, September, early September, and a friend of mine came. Now, I was really trying to push him to come because I knew that no one was going to come, and I didn't want to do another trip alone. So mm -hmm. I was like, come on, dude, I'll pay for everything up front. You can just pay me back. Mm -hmm. I'll plan everything. He was like, all right, sick. So we ended up doing that. So when we get there, our the day two plan was we were going to fly from Anchorage to this town called Barrow, which is actually now called Ukyakvik which is like the native name for it or something. But mm. re regardless, this was the, the deal. We were going to fly there for one day. It's the northernmost city in the world. Huh. Okay. It's in the Arctic Circle. It was to perfectly balance out our trip. While we're on our flight from Seattle to Anchorage, the owner of the hotel in Barrow, Ukyakvik, whatever, he, te he messages me and is like, please don't come to our little town. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, the virus is like destroying our little town. Please don't come to our little town. Like, and I was like, oh my God, Jesus. So I started like looking into it on the plane and then it's saying that there are actually isn't that much COVID there. But I was like, I guess I like believe this guy. He's like, take advantage of the Alaskan cancellation policy, please. Da da da. And I was like, okay. So I end up canceling the flights. Mm -hmm. right, I don't cancel the flights. We just don't show up for the flights. Um, and I found out later from this guy, Bradley, who was like showing us around Alaska. He's like, yeah, those towns, they like, they lie to people who aren't from there because they don't want people coming because they're scared of COVID. Like the hospital stuff is like far away, whatever. I was like, all right, whatever. I understand. So I call Amex to dispute it because I'm like, they told us not to come. And they're like, all right, no problem. And I had come off of winning a bunch of disputes on shit for like people. They like canceled my fucking flight to Greece and then told me I had to pay for it. I was like, fuck that, you know, stuff like that. So I, I win the dispute and I'm like, great. So it was a flight for myself and for my friend. Four months later, they rebuild my card for both flights. Wow. Now, here's the question. And I'll tell you what my stance is on it. But I think that once they rebuild me for both flights, it was too late to hit up my boy and be like, hey, man, 
they canceled your flight too. Oh. Can you pay me back for it? Had you spoken to him originally and said, great news, we're not going to get dinged for these flights? I cockily in the Anchorage hotel room was like, ha ha, yeah, I disputed it. We're getting all the money back, baby. Yeah, dude, that is so tough because I understand your position. However, you are perfectly within your rights to explain the situation to him and have him pay. Yeah. You really are, I don't think I'm going to do it. You're just going to eat it for him? I think so. And then let him be like, man, my friend Julio is so good at getting money canceled. (laughs) You would rather preserve... You'd rather preserve your status in his mind that you're like the king of of getting flights. That's not why I'm like charges you, disputed. This is the thing. I the trip ended up being really expensive. I don't know if anybody's ever been to Alaska, but like we did a bunch of activities. It's like expensive to do shit there. And he already paid me back so much money that like I felt ins- it feels insane. I know that feeling. 4 months later, I feel like the statute of limitations mm-hmm. has expired I know for that me feeling. being able to recoup that. Well, you know what, Julio? Here's the thing. <laughs> you, the only thing, because the only thing you can do then is, is to make your peace with it and know that somewhere along the line, someone else has probably eaten charges for you or eaten money right. for you. They certainly have. And that the, that the universe does reward that sort of thing. That's, that's and, and it, by the way, telling yourself that may be a complete farce, but it's the only way that you will be able to move past this. Totally. And dude, many people, people have eaten much more for me than I've eaten for them. Yeah. If we balance it all out. And over so, time, and so. the other, cause the other part of it is for me, every time I saw this guy, I would just immediately see him as a a walking debt to me until <laughs> at some point I don't see it we way. would have a fight. Where it would be about something totally random and it would escalate until finally I was like, well, yeah, you know what? You still owe me $400. (laughs) And you'd call him on it and he'd be like, what are you talking about? Dude, that's right. So this guy, he's my friend. His name's Andy. He lives in LA. And let me, let's, I felt bad even asking for him to pay me back at all because I've stayed in his apartment in LA for literally months on the time. Well, there you go. So then that seems fair. The 400, I'll fucking stick it up my ass. I don't know that. Good. That was unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's but, all good. Yeah. Some debts are not worth collecting. Absolutely. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. All right, Julio, I got something for you. Okay. I have, uh, I've noticed that I've started rush eating. Wow. Welcome to my world. Welcome. Yeah. It's a bad thing to be doing. But, yeah. but here's, here's, here's how it happens. Okay. It's with desserts specifically. All right. And uh, brownies really are a big one. Yum. Uh, so he, here's what it is. My girlfriend made us a batch of brownies. And 
left them in the pan. So yes, they were they were cut and they were sort of you know cordoned. There we knew what the serving sizes were. We knew what the individual brownies. What's were. cordoned? Cordoned off is like when you set up ropes to okay demarcate. Dude, I'm telling area. you, man. Every it's almost like every single episode you say at least one word that I've never heard. <laughs> You really, you really have a good grasp of the English well, language. That, that You're like probably, a British person. That probably <laughs> <laughs> Hillary always says that British people like have a way better grasp of the English language. But it's only that's funny too because we there are plenty of British people in Liverpool and shit who speak terrible English. Right, right, right. right, right. We just never hear them because they're not on the BBC. Right, 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 right. So we, you know, we we know Colin Firth from the King's Speech <laughs> and stuff like that. The point is, uh, cordoned off is is usually you hear that when it's uh, when it's a, a police area has been cordoned off for investigation. So I don't really know if that applies to my brownies, but that's kind of what I was it's thinking. Fine, yeah, it works for me. So, but but here's the issue, right? She didn't take the brownies out of the pan and put them into a brownie tin. So what that meant for me was that. The serving size stopped mattering. And I would take a, a fork or a spoon and I would do the slide. Mm. So w- one brownie would quickly become two across mm. the lines. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And next thing you know, I'm going for a whole row. Right. I'm eating rows of brownies. Got Whereas it. if they had been in a brownie tin and I were grabbing individual brownies, right. I would have known that one or at most two was my serving size and I would have stopped eating. Got it. Interesting. It's funny those mental blocks like that. That's all it is. Sometimes literally the container or the fucking temperature will like dictate how much you fucking pig out. Exactly. It's crazy, bro. So here's what happened, right? Um, I, in the middle of the day, the first night we ate the brownies was relatively under control because I was under her watchful gaze. And, (laughs) <laughs> I also think she served me. So it was a, a relatively decent serving. But then the next morning, excuse me, the next day around lunch, she was on a call or something upstairs. And I went into the kitchen and I knew that she could, out of the corner for eye, see the brownies that I was eating. Yes. But she wasn't paying full attention to it, nor did she have the ability to, be, to, to really say like, slow down. <laughs> you've taken enough like that's enough right, right. So because she, she was occupied so in the kitchen i had a plate and i did the spoon slide <laughs> and kind of like edged the brownie edging you know <laughs> yes I, and i was sort of picking it up and, and, and just eating from there and then i added more onto my plate yes and walked by her with a portion on my plate that would would appear you know totally normal Except that I had already eaten a bunch at the trough. Oh yes, that was, that's a killer. And you I had like a paint strip fucking row. Yes, it just reminds me of Candy Crush. You're just like clearing out a whole yes. row. Yes, yes, exactly. I you're you're kind of uh, clearing rainforest. Yeah. <laughs> and the problem was while I was clearing at the the at the pail uh, of the brownies, I was eating it as quickly as possible. Because I wanted to, I didn't want her to be able, you know, with my back turned, I didn't want her to be able to see that I was eating there. I wanted her to just think that in one fell swoop, I was putting the brownies on my plate to take downstairs to the, to my desk to eat. Got it. So that was where I ate very, very quickly. Interesting. And this is what my dad does. 
I've started doing what my dad does, which is that he he eats a couple servings in the kitchen while serving himself. I do it too. The portion that he will present as if, look, look at my restraint. This is all I'm eating, everybody. But by that point, he's already had. Yeah. You know, two yeah. or three portions. That's fucking. Yeah, it's tough. Dude. It's a destroy the evidence move. It. <laughs> it's all if for like across the board too. It's like somehow. There's all these like mental tricks into allowing yourself to lose control. Mm-hmm. And that's one of them. It's like this unmonitored moment that like doesn't really count. It's sort of like limbo between I'm eating and not eating. The clock has not started. And yet. you can eat more than what ends up actually being on your plate by doing that. 100%. And it's like really potentially a damaging yeah. behavior. Yeah. You're eating on the margins, the margins of time. It somehow doesn't calculate. Dude, I got to ask you a question about about that. So, you know, and this is the thing that I've always wondered. I've really been in like the the my condition, my body condition that I want to be in maybe once or twice in my life for a brief period of time. My goal is to get back there. And I start wondering and I, I'm not will, I'm not like ready to think about this yet cuz it's not upon me yet, but I'm thinking about once you get to where you want to be. How do you have these kind of days where you like hit the brownies but then still maintain your body. Is there some kind of strategy to it that you actively sort of like put, and I don't want to put you on the spot. No, it's fine. Here's what I would say. Uh, And I know we talk about diet and stuff a lot, but on that day, I, I immediately, like I hit the, I I got tired from eating so many brownies. That was a midday pit binge. Got it. And by three o'clock I was tired and I realized it. You're like, I feel like shit. And I was like, this sucks. Yeah, yeah. I can't even get through my work day because of how much I lost control at noon. Right. To me, it's the same as like me going upstairs and drinking two beers out of the refrigerator at noon. And I would never do that. And so uh, what happens, the way that I kind of try to get it back on control, where, where I try to save face a little bit, is at dinner, I know that I can't have dessert after dinner after you have i've had my dessert for the day got it and i keep what i ate at lunch top of mind got it not enough time has passed where i now have the fresh start yeah you get a fresh start when you wake up in the morning right it's a new day now i can have desserts again but only after one meal a day got it yeah that makes sense in my my head i've always sort of like envisioned this scenario where like i'm my ideal i'm in my ideal body situation and then like not having consecutive bad days or something like things like that. You know what I mean? Like there seems to be value in like, not like if I'm going to drink, like maybe the next day I don't drink type of thing. Like obviously I, you shouldn't be drinking every other day. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's probably true. Um, I don't really know, dude. I, yeah. I, I've said it before. I love exercising. Yeah. And unless you can get to a place where you just love exercising, if you can do that, then you can kind of not worry so much about what you eat. Totally. Makes sense. But especially like once you're in a place where you're in good shape, you know what I mean? Cause I feel like if you're pursuing that good shape, yeah, but don't by eating, don't even, by working out hard and then eating shitty, you like stop your progress from happening. Dude, you don't have to be in great shape to, to get a ton of exercise. No, I know that to, to really like make yourself, sweat and be tired totally i i just find that for me personally if i am exercising hard and not eating reasonable it's it's like i I might as well have never exercised okay so you need the two to go hand in hand i i need 
I, it's almost like exercise doesn't even matter. It's like the cherry on top. But like I can build if once I'm like really lean, then I can like build upon that. But like if I'm just like fucking a slob and out of shape, if I crush the gym and continue to not eat well, then nothing else. Yeah. And I, I know I you're thinking that. in your head, you're like, maybe you're not crushing the gym hard enough. No, no, no. But there's something too also like, you know, you can only push it so hard if you're not good in good enough shape or you're like hurt yourself, you know? Do you like cheese? Uh, I do in general. I haven't been eating it. Dude, I've went to this nutritionist and it's been like an interesting thing. I've just what, like what is it? What's your diet. problem? What's your problem food? My problem food is everything, dude. Like in general. Like, so I, I'm going to say this doesn't apply to right now. The past, like, since I got back from the Bahamas, I've been like really good. You look pretty good. You're, Thank you. You see it in Thank your you. face. Thank you. Face Thank is you. lean. Appreciate it. So anyway, but it's been, it's been a crazy adjustment. But, and I've heard you kind of allude to this before, you get to this point where like food stops being important and like feeling good feels better than eating something shitty. Energy levels. Energy levels. And just like, you know, wanting, you get to a point where you start wanting healthy shit. So yeah. dude, I went to this nutritionist who like specializes mostly in like pregnant women. Good. But I got all these like handouts from her and she, she gave me all these suggestions and I basically just haven't been eating. I haven't been eating dairy, added sugar gluten um and like a couple other things at all mm -hmm. and i feel pretty good like i feel and no coffee i've been giving myself one energy drink a week which is my fucking guilty pleasure i love energy drinks that's the thing i'm most embarrassed about about myself is that i fucking yeah. love crushing a monster dude. the fact that you love energy <laughs> drinks and you don't you don't you're not even sniffing the x games <laughs> like it's such a strange thing to me dude because I put Red Bull in its own category, and then anything else, it's like you, you're basically saying I I like uh, sports that involve motors. Do you know yeah, that, totally, like, you dude, know, absolutely. Like, but not big motors, not cars. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Motors that are you know you have to pull something to start it. Absolutely, <laughs> like sports where like there's a high likelihood of breaking a bone yeah. as you land. Yeah, and then the <laughs> announcers are always like they they've got the best medical staff on hand. It's like no, they fucking don't. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The half pipe at the X Games? That's that's not where our best doctors are. They're in New York at Mount Sinai. <laughs> fucking curing cancer. They're just in Portland. These are decent the doctors, I'm sure, but they didn't you don't get the best <laughs> doctors in the world to go shiver and watch, you know, Seth something Dude. fucking throw ten eighties <laughs> on the on the half pipe. That's not where their our best medical staff is. Dude, also there's only so much the best medical staff can do when you let when you fall fifty feet yeah. and break in half. <laughs> The guy's like, I'm only a doctor. Like, I'm not God. There's nothing I can do for you, dude. I, my advice would have been you shouldn't have done any of what you've done today <laughs> at all, ever. Uh, that's so great, dude. Well, okay. I, I have some uh, I have some more stuff I want to talk to you please, about. We talked please. about the brownies. Um, you know, okay. Here here's something. So I did um I did uh I did the alternate side parking Thursday. Yes. Uh, I did it yesterday. And um, I was up in the Hell's Kitchen neighborhood of love Manhattan. It. Dude, I commented on your post, but I love you fucking taking it on the road. Take it man. on the road. I want to see what <laughs> I want to see what else the world has to offer. It's like wicked on ice. And uh, the guy Pete the Sweep told me that that was the worst block he has. <laughs> he was like, "Dude, come up here. You'll see some shit." So I got up there, and it turned out to be probably the most orderly. <laughs> organized 
thing. Did he apologize? Was he like, sorry, man? Like, normally it's crazier. A little bit. <laughs> That's funny. He was like, I guess you got them all sorted out today. I was like, <laughs> I didn't do shit. But um, here's something that happened. Okay, so I was wearing a new sort of cardigan, fleecy type thing, and the pockets are quite shallow. And I have a new wallet. And oh, I'm not going to drop the name of it because uh, they don't sponsor the podcast, but they should. Dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you real quick. There's nothing like you're the most vulnerable to losing keys, wallet, phone when you're wearing a new article of clothing. True. Period. Totally true. I completely agree. Especially when you don't, when, when the pockets are built. Exactly. You know. You're not used to the depths. You're not used to the button, the zipper, they're whatever. Just for, they're just for show. You're not, you're not sure that if when you sit down, stuff slides out of them. Yeah. That's why like a vacation, I feel like you're vulnerable to lose stuff too. You're using things you don't usually use. Totally. Whatever. These pockets on this shirt, it's as if someone made the shirt and then someone was like, dude, you forgot the pockets. And he was like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Throw the pockets And out. he just went in and kind of vaguely sewed a tiny little pouch. <laughs> so the wallet that I have, needless to say, it doesn't have much grip. There's no purchase on the wallet. It's very sleek. Mm. And I'm out there in the street running around, you know, shepherding cars and talking to the street sweeper. Sure enough... <laughs> My wallet fell out without me realizing. Fuck. And then, based on where it was found, which I'll get to, I'm pretty confident the street sweeper drove over it. Because... <laughs> it's just flattened. Dude, no. All the cards and everything within the wallet was strewn to high heaven. Oh, my God. There were Starbucks cars in trees. There were <laughs> subway cars in the gutter. You know, credit oh cards God. every which way scattered to the four winds. It, it it was nuts, and I didn't realize it until I got back in my car and sort of settled my thoughts and realized I didn't have my my wallet. Oh my god! And I saw I thought maybe I'd left it at home, and I didn't know what to do. I went up and down the block again, couldn't find it. As I was driving away, I got a DM. Wow! I got a DM, and I looked at the DM, and it was a woman who had found my wallet. She goes, Jesus. "Give me a call." I called her. And she was so nice on the phone and I drove back and she handed me the wallet. Dude, the bright side of sliding into the DMs, huh? Yeah. But dude, get Love this. It. Not only had she DM'd me, she had tweeted at me. Oh, wow. She was like, I found your wallet, you know, message me back. And she, I think she had found me on LinkedIn. She had tried so many different That's ways awesome. to reach me to do this. And, um... She also had all the stuff had been in a different place. So she had like gone around and scooped up all the various shit and put it back in my wallet to hand Whoa, to me. Bro. So she'd gone so far Guardian above and beyond. Angel. And then she was like, we were talking for a little bit and she had worked in, in sports medicine at Harvard two years Jesus. before I was playing sports she there. Not? She was. <laughs> She ha she has a boyfriend. I have a girlfriend. Whatever. I, so it didn't matter. But but I will say, yeah, this was a woman where yeah. I was like, my God, what a what a guardian angel! Like, what wow. a wonderful person! Wow. Um, and I was so grateful to her. And I guess here's my question: You know, are you supposed to offer a reward, dude? I was I've been thinking this since you started that this conversation. I I it's didn't really have any cash question. on me. So, dude, this is the. I could. I can tell you that no. That from from interacting with this woman for five, you know, ten minutes, 
under no circumstances would she have accepted one. It doesn't sound like she needed it. Yeah. No. But dude, I mean, and, and it complicates things that you're a pervasive public figure because, you know, you have to wonder if a person sees that, you know, you have a six figure following fucking blue check mark. She's like, oh shit, jackpot. Like you have, <laughs> you have to think that under some circumstances, especially because people don't necessarily understand if you're not in the like Instagram world, you don't necessarily understand that like following doesn't directly link to bank account no. swelling. I'm just picturing now getting calling her and, and I'm all I hear on the other line is, I found your wallet. <laughs> ah, meet me at like a scrambled voice and I, uh, <laughs> post a link to my uh, GoFundMe page. And I need at least 2,000 followers if you ever want to see it again. Dude, that's funny. Oh my God, getting your wallet back for clout. Make sure to post my, my account on your page. I started a mitten startup. Dude, I'll just tell you getting what. off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, man. I'll, I'll tell you what, as I've re- returned a person's wallet before and it was like a shitty wallet that had nothing in it. And she gave me like 40 bucks and it like made my day. Okay. And I didn't expect to get money, but like I imagine, and, and you know, maybe you're lucky and I'm sure you'd have been happy to give somebody, you know, 50 bucks, hundred bucks to, to say thank you. But you have to imagine that there is a scenario where a person who finds your wallet specifically is expecting to get a little bit of a payday. For maybe it. so, maybe so. But she also saw that I had no cash in the wallet, right? Right. So it would have been a, a Venmo situation at best, which is you know already kind of weird and and cumbersome. Yeah. But on top of that, I will also say this: when I was uh, like seventeen years old, I was in a, a locker room, and I some guy had left his wallet on the bench. And I opened it up to look for, you know, his driver license or some shit. And he had like over a thousand dollars cash. Damn. Hundreds. Damn. And so then, first of all, I was at an age when cash meant a lot. You know, 20 bucks was a big deal to me. Oh, yeah. 100 bucks was a big deal. A thousand high school value is like 10,000 adult value. Yeah. But so, so (laughs) I. I knew, obviously I knew I had to return the wallet and I, 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 I somehow I reached out to this guy or like I was going upstairs to return it to the front desk when I ran into him and he, I was holding the wallet and he was like, oh my God, you found it. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm bringing it to the front desk. And, uh, he fished out, I think $20 and gave it to me. It's nice. It was fine. I remember feeling a little bit like I had, I had my hopes up for more. Right, ten but, to fifteen percent is like the yeah. going rate for that. But you grow out of that. You get to an age where the good deed of returning the wallet feels better than twenty, fifty bucks, whatever. Definitely. But at that, so I'm saying it's an age thing to me. Interesting, and especially if there's an in-person exchange. Yeah, you get to an age where good deeds do actually feel good. That is true. More than what you know having 50 dollars in your hand would would do for your day in an ideal scenario yeah totally dude i wonder like so let me ask this question is there any world where you find a wallet with a thousand bucks in it and you're like i get to keep the cash and then you mail the person their wallet with no cash in it god (laughs) god i'm not saying i would do it i know everybody's thinking that i would now that i just proposed that but is there any world where that's like the way it works like what do you guys think what do people think? All right. Is? If we're going dark, I would say that I'd be more likely to just keep keep the cash and, 
and and throw the wallet out. Oh wow! That's but you know what I savage. actually here's, that's like some no heart shit, dude. The rappers. Why? Why no taking the cash out and mailing and it back? Dumping to the me fucking is, wallet is crazy. Maybe, but if you find the wallet right away and you DM the person, you're like, "Hey, I found the wallet with all your shit in it," um, so that you don't have to cancel your cards and stuff. It's nice, and then you'd be like, "I'm mailing it to you." You have their address on the license, and you've taken the cash out. You take the cash, and you, so now they have. Now they know who you are, and they know you've taken the cash. They don't out know shit, wallet. dude. You found their wallet in the sewer. Maybe someone else just came by, took the cash, and left it there. I'm just saying. Not oh, saying I would do it. I don't know. You play dude, dumb. You you. So you want the hero's credit of having returned <laughs> the wallet? I don't want shit without. But while also keeping the cash without any blame for it, I would return the wallet as is with the cash. I'm saying if you wanted to play that game, maybe you really need the money and you take the cash. What's the person going to message you and be like, hey, there was cash in here. Be like, oh, wait, remember that time when I found your wallet in the gutter, asshole, and fucking sent it to you? How about you fuck off? Like no one's going to. So you're just already, you're I'm already not preparing. Say if you're already preparing to go to war with this guy, <laughs> then there's war? no reason to, to send him the wallet in the first place. Bro, this isn't a Tommy from fucking downstairs situation. This is a, oh, is Tommy not the one? Tommy's the one you like. I like Tommy. Oh shit, sorry. This is the man, <laughs> sorry Tommy. This is the man who shan't be named. Yeah. But like, you know, you fucking found it in the middle of the night on the street, whatever. I don't know. Okay, but, but but here here's my point, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, you have to decide ethically whether or not you feel that the person should have their wallet back, right? Yes. And you've conjured this middle ground of keeping something for yourself, therefore committing an ethical crime. Yes. A moral, you know, don't do it. And yet also getting credit, like half credit, <laughs> for returning the wallet. I think that if you're willing to pocket the cash, you don't give a fuck about the credit. I think like ethics go out the window. So, because this this was my other side of it, mm -hmm. I would be more than likely to keep the cash, but then I would feel compelled to cut the credit cards up. Oh, that's nice on the guy's behalf, just so, you can so sleep that at nobody night. would. <laughs> right, so no one can charge their shit. You are sleeping better at night somehow because you've returned his credit cards. I'm saying this is all hypothetical. I wouldn't take the money. I really wouldn't. But we we know that neither of us. <laughs> We're taking the money. <laughs> if I say uh, it one more time, people are going to be like, you're taking the money, aren't you, you fucking piece of shit? Do you understand what I'm saying? Though? Absolutely. Absolutely. So my half good, half bad is different right. from your half it's good, It's a net bad. zero, but it's different. They're both different approaches to being a piece of shit. <laughs> Correct. And I'm wondering whose is, is worse. Is worse. That's interesting. Um, is it worse to send the wallet back? You're more of like a fucking rat if you send the wallet back and try to act like you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. It's yeah, a that's really slippery conniving. Yeah. That's dirty. I completely agree with Cutting that. Cutting the cards, never have to deal with it. That's like a more... If you cut the cards, would you message the guy and say, good news, I found your wallet. I'm going to be honest, I took everything. But no, because then you he knows. Don't you, need to credit. you just confess. Well, from a fake From a, oh, fake from account, a burner account something or something. Bullshit. Fucking Tor browser. Yeah. Hey. I just so you know, I cut up your cards. Yeah. Dude, that's hilarious. Don't need to cancel. Them, you film it, it with a silhouette. <laughs> dude, that's great. Um, but dude, just so this is an interesting point about like ethics and stuff. So say you're a fucking guy who's down on his luck. You find a wallet. There's cash in the wallet. You have kids. You like don't have a choice but to take the money. Like some people don't have a choice but to take the money in that situation, in my opinion. Maybe that's maybe that's cynical. Maybe that's wrong. But like. You know, I think that's why not to get like political or to make this into something bigger, but I think it's important, you know, that you take care of the bottom of society 
so that they don't need to do shit like that. Mm. In a perfect world, I think most people are good, have like some shred of good in them that maybe is underestimated. Yeah, but dude, that then then you have to also recognize that there are plenty of people who are well off who would who also take the wallet. Absolutely. That's a good that's a good point. Yeah, I guess that's true. And but but that that's just a, a bad person as to as opposed to a person who like has a quandary where it's like am I going to take this money because I need it so badly? Right. Does that make whatever? It doesn't necessarily. No, I get what you're saying. But dude, an interesting thing here: if you guys were both single, the move in this situation, as to reciprocate, you take her out for dinner. Hey, would you want? Can I kind of take you out to dinner to to repay you? Wait, hold on. Yeah. Or what? Yeah. Okay. If, I see. If it's it, a with, my, either, with the wallet situation that yes, I saw. with the with this Dude, beautiful yeah, I mean, doctor. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, it's like the you greatest, marry that person. It's the greatest meet cute ever. ever, dude. How'd you guys meet? Yeah, well, it's almost such a good story that the people at the dinner party would be pissed at you. Like, fuck you. <laughs> they root for you to break up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, they sure do. Yeah, that's great, dude. No, I agree with that. Awesome. All right, good, dude. Um, awesome. All right, that's all for today. Let's wrap, dude. Oops, the podcast. Some good discussions, some good stories. Mm-hmm. A well balanced episode of Oops, the podcast. Wouldn't you say? I sure think so. We we covered a lot of ground. Lots. We unpacked a lot of stuff. So. Lots of unpacking, guys. Thank you very much for your continued support. 2021 it's going to be a big year for oops the podcast we love all of you keep sending your emails oops the podcast at gmail.com we're trying to get our youtube cooking baby so Mm. you know fire up the subscriptions give us some comments interact with us any way you can we love hearing from you we love the community that we have uh and it's been great so yeah anything to add to that that's it thank you all so much and we will see you very soon